Back with me is my old partner over at the Cube Channel Fifty Five. We used to work together. Everybody remembers, you know, it was worldwide popular. The Sports Off Center show. I'm talking about Craig Roberts. Of course, many of you remember him mostly from his 20 years at Channel Two KPRC as the sports director. Uh, last few years, he's been at News 92 FM, and he also was doing the Daily Craig on uh, Channel 2 KPRC's website. And, Craig, it's fun to talk to you. It's, it's been too long, man. What's been going on? Anything, anything interesting? Well, I don't know about how interesting, Robert. I appreciate you giving me a call to see if I'm still, see if I'm still among the living. Um, yeah, it, uh, the day-to-day stuff, you know, after 40-plus years in broadcasting, I narrowed it down to doing the uh, website stuff on Channel 2. And uh, I did about, by my own count, I may have missed something, about 320 original episodes of the Daily. (laughs) Excuse me. It uh, chokes me up to think about it. (laughs) And uh, we just came to the conclusion that they were sort of experimenting with it. The experiment lasted about a year and a half. So that was pretty good to be back at uh, the old channel, although... Uh, the neat part was I didn't have to go in there. I didn't have to make the trip. So I did all the stuff from home or from various remote locations, given the technology of the day. But some things I have noticed, uh, local news, despite the technology, is still, for the most part, as stupid as it always was. How's that for a chance of me getting back there? <laughs> yeah, uh <laughs> Dave Ward, I wanted to ask you about Dave Ward because he was one of the last of the, the legendary guys in, in Houston television. He, he leaves, he retires. I, I know, you know, you, you were around kind of, a, I feel like it was the golden age of, of Houston television. What did you think about Ward hanging it up? And it seems like we're, we don't have too many of the guys in that 30-year range or, you know, 25, 30-year range that have been around uh, broadcasting here well with the exception of uh, bill Baessa, and, and believe it or not dominic Sox is uh, nearing a long time uh, tenure at channel two but bill is now the foremost longest uh, anchor uh, he uh, was at channel 11 when i came to channel two in 1980 and of course i think about a year and a half after that he uh, came over to channel two his brother wally was a photographer with us so he's logged 35, 36 years at Channel 2, and his contract runs uh, through, uh, I believe, another three or four years. So he's certainly in the 40-plus range. But, yeah, Dave Ward, one of a kind, uh, was the guy like Ron Stone who identified tremendously with the city in which he worked. I've worked with guys like that before. I worked for five years at Channel 6 in Indianapolis, and we had a, a – senior anchor type named Howard Caldwell. And what you get from these senior anchor men is they can make a mistake from time to time and you kind of laugh it off because they've been so good so long. But they're so familiar with the city and the area in which they live and report. And I think that's one thing we're really missing now. I can turn on the TV and let's just pick a channel. Oh, I don't know. Channel 11. And I bet I could send some of them out to Acres Homes or the Sixth Ward, and they'd have to get two translators and a GPS. They have no idea where any of that stuff is. And I heard a guy on the radio, a supposed uh, longtime sports radio type, saying that he had a a, a deal, a live deal. He he was going to do it in Meyerland, wherever that might be. So, (laughs) you know, I think you got to know where you are and you got to know the people you're talking to. That's what makes it work. And that's what Dave Ward did 
for 50 years, and certainly Ron Stone did it uh, as well as, as can be expected for a guy from Oklahoma. I mean, I worked with Ron for 16 of the 22 years I was at Channel 2, and uh, you just wanted to be better in their presence. You didn't want to disappoint them. And I, I know I've talked to enough guys at Channel 13, and even when Steve Smith was at Channel 11, everyone who worked there didn't want to disappoint the main anchors because they were so good. They made you better to be around them. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Dave, Dave uh, said the two guys that meant so much to him in his career were Walter Cronkite and, and Ron Stone, and uh, just tells you what kind of guy Ron Stone was. You got a chance to work with him, and you mentioned Bill Baeza, and I want you to tell this story because a lot of people don't know Bill Baeza. This guy's a hero, isn't he? Yeah, it's funny. We were both uh, Marines, and we uh, we went to both boot camp and uh, what the Marines then called ITR, which was Infantry Training Regiment. Then he went off to, uh, he was selected to go to the first ever Marine Sniper School uh, at Camp Lejeune. Uh, the Marines have always had snipers, but they didn't have formal training until the uh, mid-60s. And, of course, I went off to just tr- try to stay out of the way and not cause any trouble. And uh, Bill uh, was a member of the 5th uh, Sniper Battalion. And uh, among his many exploits, and I thought of it most recently because a guy's got a, a book out, and I, the author's name escapes me, but he's written the uh, know-all, tell-all about the 26 days of fighting in Hue City, which was a horrendous battle in some instances, hand-to-hand and certainly door-to-door for Marines. And uh, Bill happened to be at Fu Bai, which is not too far away, if memory serves me, about 10 miles from Hue City. Now, bear in mind, this was the Tet Offensive in uh, 1968. I was still a Marine, but I was not in country at that time. I'd already been uh, recycled back to the States, and I happened to be a MP at Camp Pendleton at the time. But the uh, couple of Marine platoons that were pinned down, I mean, that was just day-to-day activity, and they needed snipers. And Bill and a, a, a partner, a scout, uh, the, the MOS a scout sniper, and it was his partner. And they literally hitchhiked to Way City. They picked up a ride uh, along the way, and, and they got dumped right near the battle. And as it turns out, Bill uh, got into position and uh, took care of uh, quite a few of the enemy and allowed those two Marine platoons to uh, get back to uh, a safe area or at least reposition themselves so they weren't getting picked off by uh, NVA snipers. And if I'm not mistaken, Bill got a bronze star for that, and uh, he uh, was quite successful as a Marine sniper. Yeah, he was a bad man from all the stories that you told me about, Bill. And let's get into a little bit of sports and get to more of the fun stuff. And the Astros... Craig have been fantastic, uh, best team in baseball, but these starting pitcher injuries have gotten so bad. I, I, from what I understand, A.J. Hinch just called you, and he wants you to start tonight, but you told me as you were picking up your phone to talk to me, you sprained something, right. you're going to be on yeah, the deal. I, I told him I had to take the garbage out. I had to wash the car. I just couldn't. Uh, I wasn't available. Uh, the game on Sunday, and we're we're recording this on a Monday, the game Sunday in which they lost to the Angels 12-6. to It was almost like I was watching the old Indianapolis Indians who hoped in the, in the old uh, AAA days to get two or three innings out of five or six different pitchers. I mean, that was – and, of course, they had their softball uniforms on too, those blue tops. And so it was like a beer ball game. I expected to see a tight shot of a keg in the dugout 
and a couple guys over in the corner bumming cigarettes from each other. Uh, yeah, for the best team in baseball, the pitching, you know, once obviously Keuchel, and I don't know what he's going to, how he's going to sleep standing up or whatever the hell he's done with his neck, he needs to stop doing that. And uh, you get past Ian McCullers. Now Mike Fires came alive and pitched very well in his last start. You know, Larry Durker and I had this conversation some time ago, and baseball has changed so dramatically. It was Larry's contention, and I think he, he's almost uh, 100% right. These starting pitchers are going to be tipping their cap to the crowd if they get through three innings. I mean, it's unbelievable. These guys have all turned into little leaguers. You know, back in the day, I was pretty tough at, at, if I only had to go five or six innings. But uh, now, you know, you get them through five, and uh, – and they're just uh, set on the 40-man roster. But uh, I didn't see anything that encouraged me on the, the last couple of games that they played, uh, or the last couple that they lost. They obviously won a game Saturday, and they're still the, the best team in baseball right now. They say they have, the, they have the best record. We'll see if they're the best team or not, but that's going to take a while. Yeah, right before we started talking, I see McCullers goes on the DL with the back injury and – Greg, just to, just to kind of sum things up with back injuries and Houston athletes, guys with back injuries, J.J. Watt, Lance McCullers, Tracy McGrady, uh, Houston athletes without back injuries, Craig, Brock Osweiler, Brett Wallace, and Corey Brewer. So it hasn't worked out See, real that's well. Why, that's <laughs> why you're getting the big bucks. I didn't know. I didn't realize McCullers is on the DL again. Yeah, it's not good right now for the Astros starting pitch. You know, we should all, we should all be so lucky. How many times have we gone to work after a long Saturday night with your elbow on a bar somewhere, and it's Sunday you just said, "Man, I, I just I no, I can't call in. I got to go to work." These guys get ten days off; they got a earache. Come on, gut it up, get out there and throw. <laughs> what about this uh, Astros team, though? Offensively, have you seen one in all your years covering the Astros? This goes back to what nineteen eighty. That's a, a better offense than the yeah, one. Yeah, the eighty season was my first year, and of course. Uh, that was uh, quite the, the deal, too. And, and much like this team, it was an adventure every day to see, uh, you know, what might happen in a negative manner next. But everyone stepped up. Offensively, there, there's, you know, there. I used to enjoy Jason Castro when he was, you know, Castro the Astro, because when he came up, you could always go to the restroom. You weren't going to miss anything. Now, for God's sake, you almost go in your pants because all these guys can hit. It, uh, there's no, there's nothing missing in the lineup. And, of course, uh, the National League, I guess, just hasn't figured out that uh, their audience want, really wants to see a pitcher hit. Uh, so I'm kind of glad for that, that the Astros are in the American League. Although I have to confess, when I look in the paper at the standings, I'm still inclined to look at the National League first. Which Astro impresses you the most, you find most fun to watch? Because there's a bunch of them that they've oh, got. It's, yeah, it's Altuve. I mean, a normal-sized human being that can do what he does is just unbelievable to me. I mean, and, and you can't go wrong with, with the other guys either, Springer and Correa. Uh, uh, Brian McCann I liked a lot. He was my, my daughter lives in the Athens area, in Athens, Georgia. And uh, she and her husband and the families are all big Braves fans. And, she always loved Brian McCann, of course, and he went to the Yankees, and she didn't like him so much. But I like what he's done. I mean, the difference between having Gaddis and, and McCann uh, behind the plate versus uh, Jason Castro is like night and day. And, uh, of 
course, my big concern is whatever happened to Max Stasi or J.R. Tolls. Max is still doing it in AAA. He's still in Fresno. He's actually no, I, I know he is. But the other day they put a, a super up on the screen uh, watching the game. J.R. Tolls had done something. My guess <laughs> would be he was the skinniest catcher ever, right? He's just a, a pound or two lighter than Bidge when uh, number seven was number four. The old-time fans remember that he, he started Biggio, started his career wearing number four instead of number seven. What about the uh, Texans? Because I want to ask you about they, they've got a couple of quarterbacks this year that, that we haven't seen much of with Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson. And- here's, what, here's what I'm afraid of. A hundred years ago, I'm covering the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Slick Leonard is the long, was the longtime coach. Slick still does the radio broadcast. So Slick gets on the air one day, and he said, I know Larry Bird's going to come out. I know he is, but by gosh, if we're the team that gets him, he's going to sit his butt on the bench until he figures out what this big-time game is all about. And I'm thinking, please, please, Bill O'Brien, do not ever adhere to that theory. Do not tell Deshaun Watson he's got to sit out a year until he figures it out. I think he can figure it out. A double threat for a quarterback, Craig. When was the last time we saw that in a Houston NFL uniform? Is it Steve McNair? I, I can't even think. I think of it was. I think it was Giff Nielsen. The double threat was he would either throw it or have his back broken by one of the Selman brothers. <laughs> Boy, that's a that's a reference you got to be around a long time to to remember that type of stuff. I don't think even I remember that. I did. I was doing the. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Oiler play-by-play of that game in Tampa Bay when either Leroy or the other one just hammered Giff. And from that point on, Giff couldn't throw overhand. And he kept denying that he was throwing sidearm when, you know, he was throwing sidearm because the Selman boys broke his shoulder. Is it time for the Rockets just to uh, go go into rebuild mode and sell off for the next five years? Because can can anybody beat Golden State for about the next three to five years? It looks like the, this team isn't going to go anywhere. They're, they've got two MVPs in their prime. Yeah, I think now what they should do is just trade Harden to Golden State. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, just get Harden and uh, just call it a day. Uh, it's just hard to imagine. I, I One theory I hear you know, Kevin Durant is so good, and to add it to that mix and to make it work says something uh, for the way they operate. But what I also have learned is that, unlike most teams, Golden State doesn't overthink what they have. I'm pretty sure they have about two or three set plays altogether. I think if you get traded to Golden State, the deal is we're going to get it down the court as fast as we can and just give it to somebody who's open, preferably number 30. I mean, they, if they have set plays, and I know they run the pick and roll. I ran the pick and roll in 1948, you know, when I was in school. But eh, they're just so good. And the Rockets, I, just let Alexander do me one favor. Stop wearing the Chinese uniform. They're communists, for God's sakes. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, there's a lot of things I can say, but I don't want to get too political. It's, I, I think everybody's too depressed by that. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, just a little bit more somber note, but um, I know, you know, for, for many, many years, it was, there was the three or actually four main sports guys in Houston. If you, we got to talk about Berman, who's now been around for 30 years, but you know, with you and, and Bob Allen and Giff Nielsen for so many years, those were the four guys. And I haven't had a chance to talk to you since Bob passed away. Uh, you guys, had, I'm sure, had many times where you were around each other over the years. Just what do you remember about Bob? What do you think about when you think about Bob Allen? 
Well, number one, I can't believe he's gone. That to me, uh, those that we've lost recently, really just, uh, I mean, I was flabbergasted. Uh, I just, I just cannot still come to grips with it. It wasn't like we were the tightest of friends and you're right. We were around each other all the time, but you know what? There was never a crossword. There was never a, a one-upmanship. I mean, we were trying to do our best and you know, we wanted our, our little station to win in the ratings battle and everything. But we were on so many different stories at the same time. And uh, Bob had a great sense of humor. He and Tim Melton were fun to, to be around in those situations when we were on the road or wherever we were. We'd go to the ballpark. We were often, you know, going on the air 30 seconds uh, from each other. And uh, I had nothing but great things uh, about Bob. And it's just a cry and shame that he had to go through what he went through and then eventually lose a battle that appeared as if uh, he was going to win. We talked a couple times while he was battling uh, the disease and, uh, you know, he was very positive, very up. Uh, He had me on his show when he did the Sunday show at Channel 11 and he started out, you know, by saying, here's a guy that pretty much invented Sunday night television. And he, he, you know, was mindful that I had, started the program Sports Sunday, and, uh, you know, it's been very successful. We started that in 1983. It's still on the air, and most people recognize that, that it was good, including Bob, and I I really appreciated that. He was always uh, good with a compliment, and, and, you know, there's all kinds of stories that you you run by and everything. And I remember one one time we were at the Rockets, and uh, the Rockets were down big late in the game, and you could see that people were just starting to leave uh, the summit. And I looked at Bobby, who was sitting next to me, and I said, man, somebody must have yelled free nachos in the mezzanine. And Bob laughed. And so we go down on the court, and we're getting ready to do our respective 10 o'clock shows. And he just happens to be on about four minutes before I am. And the first thing he says is, here's a shot of the fans leaving early tonight, man. Somebody must have yelled free nachos in the mezzanine. <laughs> and I just looked at it and was like, what? You, you, you. And then we just started laughing because he knew he got me. He, I'd, I'd laid the groundwork, but he got it on the air. And there was no way in hell I could say that because it would have looked like I got it from him. And, and it, it was just a pretty funny moment. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm still just astonished that uh, that has happened. And I know his family... Uh, was with him at the end, and, and that's about all you can ask for. Yeah, we know it wasn't Drayton McLean that would have been offering the free nachos in the mezzanine, that's for sure. And no, you know what's funny? Yeah. What's funny about Drayton is when, you know, we got to know each other fairly well. I mean, I was at the ballpark every day, and he, one of the first things he said is, does anybody have an, an idea what we should do with this team? And I said, yeah, put Houston on the front of the traveling uniforms. And I'm not saying I prompted that, but they did it, and they continue to do it. But Drayton said, look, if anything ever happens to you at Channel 2, you call me. So they didn't renew the last year of my contract in 2002, and the first person I call is Drayton McClain. You know what? I'm still waiting for that call back. <laughs> what about Jeff Bagwa? I, I, I should mention this because uh, you know, he's getting in the Hall of Fame this summer, and you, you covered him from the start. What, what do you remember about the young J- Jeff Bagwell? Well, it was so funny. I happened to be in Kissimmee the day they walked him from third base to first base. And I remember being very insightful, turning to Rick McFarlane, my longtime photographer, 
And I said, hey, what are they doing? (laughs) Well, what they were doing was setting the stage for a guy that would eventually be in the Hall of Fame. What I remember most about Jeff is, you know, who wouldn't have given all they could to be a Major League Baseball player? But, you know, and it's like these guys today. You know, the the days of the Ironman are almost over. Everyone's got to sit it out every once in a while. And so I'm sitting in the Astros dugout in Bagwell just saying, man, I can't believe we had a night game now. It's a day game. You know, I know I'm, it's just a ball game, but, man, every day. And I said, you know, I I have a buddy who's a photographer for Playboy magazine in Chicago, and he says the same thing. And Bagwell just took his cap off, looked at me, and said, oh, you got to be making that up. <laughs> the guy, what? He just could not believe that a guy who was around uh, nude or semi-nude women all day wouldn't want to go to work. I just rocked him. <laughs> well, uh, Craig, it's been a lot of fun to catch up with you, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the Astros season. Hopefully they can get through this stretch. It's going to be a little bit difficult. They've lost all five of their starting pitchers that they started the year off. Uh, actually, Musgrove's going to be back here, but all five of them have been on the disabled list, and Boy, if they could get th- past this, and the, the, you got to get the two main guys available for October. If they can survive all of this, they, they could get there, but it uh, should be a lot of fun. Well, they've built themselves a nice lead, and let's hope it stays in the double digits. But given everyone you're trotting out there is in a number of 70 and higher, and you have to look up in the program who they are. Uh, of course, with Jim Crane, you never know. This could be an additional way to spur program sales. But, uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, somebody, a trade somewhere along the line for someone who has actually played in the majors before, uh, that might come sooner than the trade deadline the end of July. Houston local sports legend Craig Roberts. Thanks for doing this, Craig. You bet, Robert. Anytime, except, of course, when I'm uh, warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.